0: Robo Vampire. A gun-down narcotics agent is given a second lease on life when he's brought back from the dead as a near-indestructible cyborg. Robot Warrior's first mission? To rescue Sophie, an undercover agent who's been captured by the henchmen of Dr. Young, a notorious drug lord whose newest plan for drug smuggling is to enslave a bunch of vampires to guard his heroin shipments. Because vampires, sure, seems perfectly logical. Or at least that's what all the official film synopses say. In reality, Robo Vampire's plot is an indiscernible mess, thanks in part to director Godfrey Ho, credited here as Joe Livingstone. Ho is a notoriously prolific Hong Kong director and is often referred to as the Ed Wood of Hong Kong cinema, thanks in part to his many infamously bad projects that have since gone on to become cult favorites with RoboVampire recently shooting to the top of viewers' favorite lists of his films that don't include Ninja in the title. If one is looking for an example of just how he garnered such a reputation, one need not look any further than the many short gifs proliferating the internet of a guy covered in tinfoil surrounded by a bunch of hopping guys wearing matching outfits. One of Ho's favorite pastimes, he retired sometime in 2000, was cutting up various unused or little-known Asian films and splicing them together to form full-length features. How much work was done by his own crew and how much was swiped footage we'll never likely know, but it was pretty obvious to me early on, without even having to look it up, that host slicing and dicing was used in RoboVampire. How can you tell? Well, because there are two clearly defined plots going on in the film, and none of the actors from plot A ever intermingle with the actors from plot B, for starters. And for everyone else, the center should come in at the end, when Sophie, supposedly Robo-Dude's whole mission objective, is broken out of the Hooskow not by the cyborg, but by a bunch of guerrilla guys that show up randomly halfway through the film. In fact, Metalhead doesn't even come close to finding Sophie. I'm not even sure he's in the same time zone. He spends most of his time plodding through the forest or getting blown up on beaches. Or perhaps more accurately, having his tinfoil stunt double get blown up on beaches. But I digress. And before you ask, no. Dissecting the movie into its two clearly defined parts does not, in fact, make it any more coherent. The whole main plot of the film still involves a drug lord who's using a corrupted Taoist monk to control a bunch of vampires in order to protect his drug shipments. The vampires are not vampires, and are clearly zombies. The zombies get around by hopping. The main zombie is called the Vampire Beast, I assume because he's the only one of the legion of undead forced to wear a gorilla mask mister Vampire Beast's name is Peter, because of course it is. And he attacks by shooting sparklers out of his hands. Peter's girlfriend is a witch, or more accurately, I guess, was a witch, because she's dead now too. So now she's a ghost witch, and she's none too happy with the Taoist priest for keeping them apart. Because how dare he deny their eternal love for one another and all they wanted to do was to get married, and it shouldn't matter if they're all from different parts of the world, and now she has to kick the Taoist month's butt but she won't if he promises to marry them and sacrament their unhomely dead love. And at this point, gentle listener, I hope you see where I'm going with this. Because this is pretty much how all the dialogue in the film goes. And is the point in the movie where I maybe kind of sort of started to zone out. Because dear God, what a kerfluffle. And the absolutely ridiculous plot doesn't even begin to touch upon how cheap this whole movie looks. Our robo-cyborg friend doesn't look anything close to the images used on the poster. No. That was just an attempt to make people think the film was somehow related to RoboCop. Instead, he looks like some sort of middle schooler's attempt at a shredder costume from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but covered in mylar. The zombie vampires fare marginally better, but while at least their costumes may look fairly decent, their makeup often looks like someone threw some painted plaster of Paris on their faces and called it a day. It makes the vampire beast's random friggin' gorilla mask look high-tech and classy by comparison, and that's not even considering their bizarre movement. A quick deep dive into Asian folklore reveals that our zombie vampire friends are actually based on the Chinese legend of the hopping vampire zombies, and though their description of vampire is used in the loosest sense of the term, their design and movement are actually pretty faithful to their original descriptions. Their unfortunate skin condition is due to mold, their hopping is due to stiff joints, and because their joints are stiff, they keep their arms up in front of them as a sort of balancing effect. Does knowing any of this in any way make their appearance any less ridiculous? Absolutely not. Because no matter how accurate they may be, they still look cheap and there is no way to make their constant hopping look anything other than goofy. The only time that they don't look totally goofy is when they have them doing random somersaults in the air. But that just begs the question, if they have that kind of movement capability, why in the world are they still jumping around like jackrabbits? Then, as if the film needed anything more against it, The rest of the production values are also at the bottom of the barrel. What little there is of the acting is cringy, the dubbing is horrendous, and if any scene is happening at night, it's too dark and poorly lit that you'd better just give up all hope of ever being able to tell what's going on. The picture quality is so bad that oftentimes it's hard to tell what's even going on during daylight hours. Not that you'll necessarily want to know what's going on during the day. People die with their tongues hanging out, stunt doubles are used that look nothing like the original actor. Sophie miraculously turns into a gray-haired man and then back again while she jumps out of the window. And dummies are used liberally during falling and explosion scenes. I think the only thing the film really spent money on were the pyrotechnics, and even then I think ninety percent of their budget went towards buying industrial pallets full of sparklers and cheap bottle rockets. I can see why Robo Vampire has received its infamous cult status. It's bad. It looks horribly cheap. The plot is nonsensical. The acting is horrible. The dubbing is somehow worse than the acting. And to top it all off, the title lies to you by suggesting that the robot is a vampire. It's not. Those fibbing SOBs. But at the same time, it's not so bad that it's unwatchable. The whole thing is so ridiculous that it actually makes it more watchable, if only for the sake of wondering what lame stunt or insanely stupid move the movie will pull next. It's dumb, but I think it knows it's kind of dumb. I mean, it has to. None of it makes a lick of sense. So, if you're the kind of person who likes watching dumb movies or train wrecks, then RoboVampire is the film for you. RoboVampire is available on a variety of streaming services, it is also available on DVD.